Hmm? Uh, no, not really. I mean, yeah. It's just it's different perspective, you know. Good afternoon. And welcome to the May 28th Joint City and School District Select Committee. I am your chair, Supervisor Jane Kim. I am joined by Supervisors Norman Yee and David Campos, and also our Board of Education Commissioners, Hydra Mendoza, Jill Wins, and Sandra Fuhrer. I want to thank the staff at SFGovTV, Jennifer Lowe and Charles Kremenek, um, for filming today's meeting and making it available online, and to our clerk, uh, Derek Evans. Mr. Clerk, are there any announcements? Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. Please make sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices. Completed speaker cards and any copies of documents to be included as part of the file should be submitted to the clerk. Thank you. I also want to take this opportunity to um, announce and remind members of the public that due to um, budget season in June, where we have found that it is almost impossible to find a room um, to hold joint select committee meeting, and because of the Board of Education's recess in July and then the Board of Supervisors' recess in August, that we will not be reconvening until the 4th Thursday of September for our regularly scheduled monthly meeting. Kevin, that was a big smile. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Clerk, can you please call the roll? Uh, call the roll. On the call yeah. the roll, um, Supervisor Yee? Here. Supervisor Yee present. Supervisor Campos? Supervisor Campos present. Commissioner Mendoza McDonald? Here. McDonald present. Commissioner Fewer? Here. Commissioner Fewer present. Commissioner Wins? Commissioner Wins present. And Supervisor Kim? Here. Chair Kim present. Thank you. Mr. Clerk, can you, oh, can you please call item number one? Item number one is a hearing on the current status and future plans for the San Francisco Unified School District Student Crossing Guard Program and requesting the SFUSD to report. This was a hearing request made by Supervisor Norman Yee and I know is a program that he has been actively working on and leading on behalf of the city. And so I'd like to turn this item over um, to Supervisor Yee to chair. Okay. Thank you, uh, Chair Kim. Uh, colleagues. I call for this hearing today to highlight and discuss the student crossing guard program. I myself served as a crossing guard, as did Super Superintendent Carranza and Chief Sir and Mayor Lee and uh, Commissioner <laughs> Mendoza, uh, McDonald and uh, Commissioner Fewer. Anybody else? <laughs> but I'm, I'm realizing uh, as I uh, started rolling out this, uh, asking to, this program to be rolled out again for, for the uh, public schools, that so many of us in leadership actually went through this program. Um, when I took office, my number one priority was pedestrian safety, and I, and I believe that this program has shown to be an important tool in making our cross, crosswalk safer for students and the community. The student crossing guard program was a part of the public schools many years ago, I mean really many, many years ago. Uh, but due to budget constraints, and the program was defunded and never came back for many, many years. For the last two years, I have fought hard to secure funding to kickstart kick this program at three schools in District 7. Today, I would like to discuss the expansion of the program to all San Francisco Unified School District schools throughout the city, um, in the elementary schools, that is. Um, there's, there, and the reason I want to do this is because of many, um, there's many benefits to the student crossing guard program. Basically, what you what you get out of it is that the the main thing is about um, pedestrian safety awareness. 
the, um, with the students that participate in the program, they get basically very high levels of awareness because they go through um, training from the police department. Uh, they talk about it. Um, they are, when they go on duty, they have to be aware of what's safe and what's not safe um, because of the responsibilities they're taking to assist uh, other students that are crossing. Um, and what they also learn is leadership in this. Um, many of us, um, I, I guess there's a correlation, as I mentioned earlier, why many of us in leadership roles actually went through this type of program. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we were student crossing guards. Um, and the other thing that, that isn't discussed as much, the two other things really are about teamwork. Um, they learn to work as a team because one crossing guard can't say go, another one say stop, and vice versa. And um, the other piece that I see other students gain um, is that, especially younger ones, um, these are usually the fifth graders or the fourth graders that are participating, meaning K through th uh, three or four, um, the students that actually see these older students um, um, protecting them, start asking the parents questions, and what, what are they doing? And so their awareness becomes higher also. So it really does benefit not just the, the 20 or so from each school, um, there are uh, students that are participating, but probably all the students um, really become sharper in their awareness of what to what to do when they cross the street. So, because of that, um, I started this program as saying, "Well, let's let's try it. You know, let's pilot test this you know, in a few schools to make sure that we are now all the kinks and and so forth, and to make sure that we, oops." I know other you know um, issues that we might come up with, um, and I think we've done that. Uh, we have our curriculum down. Our um, police department has really stepped up. Uh, the school district um, staff, whether uh, it's uh, Kevin Trude or or Sal Lopez, have stepped up and and is making it work. So. I would like to thank um, Super, Superintendent Carranza for his, for this partnership in getting this program up and running, and in particular, staff uh, assistant um, superintendent Kevin Truitt and Sal Lopez, who together with um, my staff, Olivia Scannon, worked diligently to make this program grow, work and grow. I would also like to thank Office, uh, Chief Sir and his officers, uh, Officer uh, Murray and Officer uh, Pera, for providing the students uh, with their available training and insight. Finally, I'd like to thank um, the students, parents, and community for its uh, support. Oh, by the way, uh, one, one of the other things that uh, um, that happened was when the program got started, um, one principal, two principals actually said that um, the the parent engagement in this was very at a very high level and and hadn't seen certain parents be that engaged. So that's another benefit of this program that has brought out parents to, to participate. Um, so I believe the program makes our crosswalk uh, surroundings, our schools, a safer environment for both pedestrians and motorists and ensures safety of students and families getting to and from the schools. Um, now I would like to welcome um, Associate 
Superintendent of Student, Family, and Community Support, Kevin Truitt, to, to start us off. Do I have to turn this on in any way? Or you took care of it. See how good you are? Um, good afternoon. Thank you, Supervisor Yee, and good afternoon, uh, Supervisors and Commissioners. I'm very excited um, to speak to you today about this program, and also um, because this is probably the most relaxed I've ever been in front of you, because you're all school district people, every single one of you. So, um, yeah, so it's familiar. I could blink my eyes and think I'm at 555 presenting over there. So this is a good audience. Good. Um, so I'm excited to bring, um, bring to you today and talk about the um, pedestrian safety program that we've been um, embarking on with the help of Supervisor Yee. Um, in the fall, the Safety Patrol Crossing Guard Program, in the fall of 2013, Supervisor Yee, um, former school board president, um, contacted my office to figure out how we could, with some financial support, how we could reinvigorate and re-engage our students in a crossing guard program. Um, this was particularly timely because um, in the spring of the year before, I know we all remember that we did have two back-to-back um, -back student tragedies in which we had um, a junior from Lincoln High School and a second grader from Sherman Elementary, both tragically killed by automobiles in the spring of 2013. So the call from Supervisor Yee to uh, to bring pedestrian safety to our schools could not have come at a, at a more um, important time for us. Um, fast track that to a few months later, um, in the spring of the same school year, we were able to actually get the program up and running at Commodore Slope, and we have Principal Greg John here who's going to talk about that. Um, but immediately upon meeting with Supervisor Yee and um, and Olivia Scanlon, we, we talked about all the procedures that we need to put in place. And I have a pretty big department and a lot of responsibilities, so I selected the person most likely to succeed at this. Um, because, you know, if we're going to be talking about the elementary students and teaching them the leadership of pedestrian safety, we have the best student advisory council in San Francisco. And I have to say, over the years, these kids have stepped up so much. Their maturity, their leadership, and the younger kids look up to them, like you wouldn't believe, but you, you know that. That's a, their seniors in high school are their gods. So, um, so I thought this is really great an opportunity for Sal to kind of lead this program, get it going in the schools, and to engage our student leaders of the SAC in this program also. So to talk you through the program and the specifics of it, I'd like to um, introduce Sal Lopez Barreras, who's going to talk about um, how we engage the student specifics of the program. So. Thank you, Mr. Truett. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, good afternoon, supervisors and commissioners. My name is Salvador Lopez Barr, and some of you folks already know me. And for those of you who don't, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Um, I'm here to talk about the school crossing guard program that we have at our school district. Um, thanks to Supervisor Norman Yee, we're able to fiscally uh, apply for a uh, excuse me, fiscally pay for staffs to work an hour a day to two hours a day and also order the equipments and whatever is necessary to, to kick this program off. So um, on your PowerPoint, I believe it's page four, we have the Safety Patrol Crossing Guard Program. And one of the key components that we wanted to do in this Safety Patrol Program is to revive the public elementary school crossing guard programs that used to exist 
um, therefore engage students in pedestrian safety activities. And the goal was to involve SF Unified School students, elementary school students, to make our streets safer for pedestrians and also have student crossing guards raise consciousness of all students the importance of developing good habits while walking to school, crossing the uh, crosswalks, and any roadside safety. Uh, the whole concept of this program is for each school to be involved with selected students to act as crossing guards at their school sites during the morning hours and the afternoon hours. Now, not all schools do both hours, but some of them just do the morning hours. In addition to the pro concept, it's to have all student crossing guards to be monitored and supervised by an SFUSD paraprofessional staff, um, which is key because sometimes uh, you don't want to have a fourth grader or a fifth grader out there by themselves. So they constantly um, have a supervising adult. And of course, depending on the, each school, they all have different traffic environments. So it will depend on the type of safety program that is best suited for each individual school. Um, it's not a cookie cutter program. It's something that's molded to every school culture. According to the Center of Disease Control, on average, there's about approximately 12,175 children between the age of zero and 19 years of age that die every year in the United States as a result of an unintentional injury. And this injury is a result of a motor vehicle injury. Um, over 9 million, of, 9 million children visit the emergency rooms for non-fatal injuries annually as well. Um, and between the years of 2000 and 2005, there was a recording of 7,144 unintentional deaths among children age of nine, uh, five to nine, involving a motor vehicle death. And that's about 53% um, of accidents. And in California, traffic-related injuries account for 61.2% of unintentional um, deaths between the ages of five and nine which is followed by drowning, which is 11.9%, and fire and burn at 6.5%. So uh, moving on to our city, in 2014, our city recorded a leading six-year high of traffic collisions resulting in 25 fatalities. Um, 21 were pedestrian and four were cyclists. So this is something that the Student Advisory Council takes into account because it is our city and we want to protect our students. So what we brainstormed is the idea of preventing unnecessary injuries. And the majority of pedestrian injuries can be prevented by just demonstrating safe travel behavior, you know, looking both ways, knowing the roadside safeties. Um, and the challenge is ensuring that effectively we communicate with all these preventive measures to all students so that they are aware of roadside and traffic risks. The more they know, the better off. And so we have to equip them with this kind of uh, communication. And so having Vision Zero in mind and, and the backdrop, um, we, po we pose the hypothetical question, how do we focus on moving forward and develop a strategy that will reduce injuries and fatalities among children in our city? And that's the hypothesis that we embedded this program and how we wanted to kick it off. Did you want me to continue with the you whole? You continue for one more slide. Okay, I'll continue just one. I don't want to hog the mic, guys. Um, Okay. Oh, okay. So when we decided to 
kick off the program, we conducted some research, some development, and we considered uh, many options, factors to take in place. And we wanted a school-based program that would have the advantage of reaching children of all socioeconomic groups and provide the venue of introduction of topics as well as advancing these topics as the children in our school district progress from grades on. So theoretically, we'd like to have fourth graders and fifth graders involved in the process, and as the fifth graders graduate, fourth graders can take the lead role, and then the third graders that graduate to fourth grade assume the role as well. And we also wanted a program in San Francisco that could also address the unique challenges that are associated with pedestrian safety in specific neighborhoods. It's obvious that some students that live in, that go to school in the Soma district are going to be faced with different types of traffic and roadside issues than they do in the Sunset or the Bayview area. So those are things that we consciously take into consideration when we were researching and developing this um, safety patrol program. And so one of the things that we did come across is the challenge of designing and engaging a method of providing education to children at the highest risk levels. So that is what we had in mind. And now I want to introduce Jessica Eng, one of our superstar students from Lowell, who's going to talk about the SAC's involvement and how we actually bring tra and train the children. Hi, I'm Jessica Eng, and I'm a student at Lowell High School. Uh, the SAC's Safety Patrol Crossing Guard program is designed to be an injury prevention program that comes to our public schools to educate our children on roadside safety. So the program focus, focuses on educating children in the pedestrian safety area and helping them become more familiar with the details uh, when they're crossing the street. And personally, I have been mentee through this program, so I find it very helpful that I am uh, able to talk about more, talk more on this issue, and I'll be speaking later. This program focuses on partnering with the San Francisco Police Department, SFUSD school sites, Student Advisory Council representatives, and Supervisor Norman Yee, Norman Yee's office. Three parts uh, are made in making the program successful. One is proper enforcement. So you need some people who are familiar with the program to help make sure that the program is running smoothly at each of the sites. Second is improving traffic control. And third is public safety awareness campaigns. The SEC makes sure that these three points uh, are going smoothly throughout the school sites. Uh, when schools are first joining this program, there are several steps the school must take. The first step is meeting with the school principal and the team to, dis to discuss further steps with this program. Uh, the second step is surveying the school site area for the program, ordering the necessary equipment and supplies, selecting the student leaders who will be in charge of this program and for the safety patrol, and orientation training for students and staff to become more familiar with this program, and finally, announcing the school's kickoff date. And now I'd like to introduce Miguel Tatiando. Did I say that right, Tatiado? Tatiado. Yes. Thank you. Come up here. From Academy of Arts and Sciences and School Boards members, if you haven't met him yet, you will be this summer because he's going to be sitting on your board. <laughs> he's a great kid. Thank you, Mr. Chewett. Um, 
so what I want to talk about first is student leadership. Uh, these are chosen uh, or appointed students uh, wisely by the principals to lead this program. Uh, student, uh, student leadership is very uh, beneficial in a student's growing years. What principals look for uh, in student leadership uh, as their selection is uh, leadership in maturity, re reliability and punctuality, ability to follow rules and desire to help others, interest in traffic safety, strong judgment, courtesy, respect for classmates and others. Okay, student benefits. This is what the student gets out of this program, of course, uh, self-explanatory. Roadside and traffic awareness, uh, leadership, like I said, very beneficial as well. Uh, teamwork, pride, citizenship, and respect for law enforcement. Uh, okay. Sorry. Okay. School benefits. Um, it is, uh, okay, school benefits. Roadside and traffic safety, safety awareness, peer-to-peer -peer education, character building opportunities, a constructive outlet for students' energy, uh, as well as positive relationships with parents, law enforcement, and uh, school community. Uh, and it is good to engage these students in the program due to many tragedies over the years. Uh, and ensure um, my brother was uh, one of a close victim to uh, being uh, dying because um, there was an accident that happened with my mom uh, where a car lost its brakes and it kept going, therefore ramming into my mom's car almost uh, going in toward the school. So if my mom hadn't been there, therefore all these kids would have, of course, uh, been very tragically been killed. Um, therefore, we do need uh, this program because students aren't always aware of what's around them and they need a professional to keep uh, the awareness around them and cross these kids. Thank you. Thanks, Miguel. Do you do community benefits? The community benefits also, we have safer environments for pedestrians and motorists, the spirit of volunteerism, civic engagement, positive collaboration between students, parents, schools, and law enforcement, and a reduction of school traffic and congestion. And you all know what that is like, particularly during the drop-off in um, pick-up and drop-off time periods. So getting some help at those particularly crucial times is very important. And we've had a number of um, partners in this work, and Sal is actually going to introduce them. Thank you, Mr. Tourette. Um, one of our partners that uh, helps out train and provide an orientation for our students at our school sites is the San Francisco Police Department. I'm very proud to say that I work with Sergeant Para and Sergeant William Murray. They've been huge advocates, huge supporters of this program. They provide all the training, um, safety awareness, serving the streets. Um, but most important, when we implement a program, sometimes the community doesn't like to pay attention and so what they do is they provide the law enforcement to implement the program and its integrity and sometimes have to give out warnings to staff so um, I can take this time and introduce the um, Sergeant Para and Sergeant Phil I um, mean Sergeant Para and Sergeant Murray if you'd like to give a couple words Good afternoon, supervisors, commissioners. I'm Sergeant Murray, and this is—I'm sorry, Sergeant Perra, and this is Sergeant Murray. <laughs> so, they say we look alike. So, uh, so what happens is we meet with the principals, uh, along with Sal, 
and uh, we conduct a walk through the outside school grounds uh, when we start, and that's where we determine um, a safe location to implement the program. Um, supplies are ordered, children are identified, wherever letters are signed by the parents, and once that's done, we set up a date uh, to come in and train them. So Sergeant Murray and I will come in and train the children. Uh, we use the uh, handout, San Francisco Unified School District handout. Uh, we pretty much take uh, the important bullet points out of there, and um, that's what we train them with. After that, they take a pledge. We have a little pledge that they take. Um, and then we go outside and conduct a mock scenario in the uh, designated area. We set off a kickoff date. I and or Sergeant Murray are there along with another uh, motorcycle officer. And then after that, the solos uh, will come out subsequent days and address any traffic issues or concerns. After the program's up and running, uh, the principals will contact us uh, with any traffic concerns. And, uh, and then we send out motorcycle officers to address those. Sergeant Murray, do you have anything else to add? Just the experience of having the police in the classroom to teach the children into the positive role and then to reinforce it later on out on the streets, it's incredible. The look on the eyes of the parents the first day they pull into the school and they see all the cones set up. It's like, hey, what's, what's going on here? What happened to our regular drop-off area? And it just starts the awareness process. Uh, what Supervisor Yee and what Supervisor Kim has already done for pedestrian and bicycle safety in this town is just awesome. It's over the top. So this program just adds to that. And it gets some of our little people, our future leaders, in that mindset that when they step off the curb, bad things can happen to you here in San Francisco. It's unfortunate, but it's a reality. So this program is something that when the principals find out about it, that they have to have it at their school. So this is kind of the first step, and I can appreciate that once the word is out and it's been offered to a lot of other schools, that we're gonna need a lot of help getting into the schools and training some of our future leaders for this wonderful program. So it's a pleasure to come here and talk about it. Uh, we both really believe in it, because that's our job, is to make sure that the little people get to and from school safely, that their parents are able to drop them off safely so this just heightens the awareness. It gets people talking about it. So when they come to the school, they just don't take it for granted that there's an awareness component to it. Thank you. With pleasure. Thank you once again, officers. Um, on their next slide, I'd like to talk about what the program looks like at her schools. Um, one of the benefits of this program is that it is designed with the uniqueness that each school, campus, and traffic condition, meaning that uh, some schools are big, some schools are small, some schools have large traffic, some schools have low traffic, and it just depends on what the school needs and what the program can offer as support. So things to consider is the size of school and the physical area and the start time of the school and the traffic conditions for the school. So on your next slide, two of the typical programs that we have for the school crossing guard is the traditional crossing guard zone. And this is what we historically um, think of a crossing guard. You have the, the white painted um, streets with the big lines and you have students that um, step off the curb with the handheld stop sign to hold up traffic. 
And on the right, we have the safety drop-off zone. And these are for areas where it's highly congested in the morning and then the afternoon where um, it's inconceivable to have a student out in the intersection. Monitoring traffic is just too much for handle. Um, this will be a recommendation from the police department as to what we should do. Um, and what you see right there on the right-hand side is Lafayette Elementary School and how we cone it out. And cars come up, students open the doors, the students step out of the car, they close the door, and they escort them into the backyard of the school campus. So they're safely escorted into campus, and the parents don't need to stop. They could just roll away. So um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce um, our principal from Commodore Slope, Mr. Greg John. He's a great principal. He spearheaded this pilot program that cost uh, a lot of um, schools to jump on board and um, be part of this program. Before uh, um, Principal John gets started, um, Commissioner, if you were, did you could you hold off or do you want to? Okay, but I do want to uh, say uh, a word about uh, Principal John here. Uh, he's he uh, when I um, started asking schools whether they would be interested in, in such a program as this, um, Principal John was was really the principal that just jumped out and says yes with no questions. I mean, he sort of, as soon as I mentioned what it was, he understood it fully, and he's fully engaged his students. Uh, his students are really into it, uh, and I could see when I go visit them, uh, whether it was the year before or this, this school year, that every student seemed to be very, very proud of their positions, and I think it's because of the leadership of people like uh, Principal John. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'd like to tell a little bit of the history at my school. It doesn't take long as far as the crossing guard program. Um, Sal named a couple of zones. So we were the zone on the left where the crossing guard, what was your term for that, Sal? A crossing guard zone, which means we have crosswalks and the kids are um, manning or personing the crosswalks as opposed to the drop-off zone that we saw in the zone on the right. So just, just to know, today we had fifth grade promotion, so I have just, as of today, lost all 35 of my crossing guards, and next year we will be starting over, training our current fourth graders to become next year's cadre. And we uh, field a group of about 35, and it doesn't have to be that many, but the kids love it. So we have a group in the morning, and we have a group after school, and it's a different group of kids every day. Um, who are out there. Um, but going back in time, just very briefly, two years ago, um, when I first arrived at Commodore Sloat, I had been principal at Star King, and then I came to Commodore Sloat, um, I noticed that the streets around Commodore Sloat were narrow, and it's uh, not that there's high traffic, but in the morning, and of course at the end of the day, uh, there is high traffic. And uh, it's a one-way street. And we, I was witnessing um, grown-ups have a lot of trouble getting along um, on, in those streets. Uh, we had different people having different ideas about what one way meant. One way might mean my way, and so on and so forth. So we had, in, on Darien Way, if a car is going one way and another is going the opposite, well, they've effectively blocked the street. So we had those kinds of situations going on. We had a he heated discussions between uh, kids' parents, and I thought, well, that's not exactly setting the right tone. So concurrent with that, I did not know at the time that there was an interest from uh, Norman Yee in this, but all of these things, these factors were coming together for me at the same time. Um, former arson investigator from the city, uh, 
Jeff Lynn uh, found out I was principal at Commodore Sloat. He brought over to me a picture of his cadre of crossing guards back from 63, 60 crossing guards at that time. They fanned out over the whole neighborhood. It was quite an ambitious program, and we're half that size at this point. And he was proud. He had saved his cap. He had saved his sash. He had a picture of himself. And his wife was so grateful that I took one more thing out of their garage to, uh, to clear the space. So in any event, from that point, um, Officer Edie Lewis at the, that time was still doing the training. And uh, I was able to find out who she was and contacted her. Um, Norman said he was very interested in getting the program off the ground again citywide and at our school in particular. And my goal, like the, zero, the Vision Zero goal, was to have zero incidents, zero injuries in front of our school. Um, our school feeds into Aptos. Darien Way leads right up to Aptos. And at that time of day, um, not related to our school, there can be also traffic related to Aptos. So we do have our own, we have a little bit of action at that time. So we got it off the ground. 30 kids came out. Officer Lewis, Lewis trained them. Um, it was a rigorous training. It was, not a, it was a no mess around training. They understood they were out there to create safety. The kids took it seriously. Um, we got them uh, appropriately wardrobed. So they wear their caps. They wear their sashes. Now they wear vests. And um, we have our signal out in, crossing guard out, crossing guard in. And um, they understand that they're to take it seriously. So uh, fast forward to this year, 35 crossing guards still. Two supervisors, two grown-ups that are out there supervising the kids, and um, we're able to um, staff uh, two small streets, the street right in front of the school, which is the primary drop-off zone, and then the street up one block from there, which is San Fernando and Darien. Not big streets. The kids really, we're not talking about ocean. We're not talking about Unipro Serra. Those are things that uh, the MTA takes care of, so our kids are not out there on those big thoroughfares. But they are um, experiencing how to keep people safe on the small streets. So the big motivations for us are um, a sense of pride in the school, a sense of legacy, which is it was a big deal at Commodore Sloat, and then service, the sense that we're doing something for the community. I really want fifth graders to get a handle on that. So um, that's the story at the school. The kids are very proud of it. And even tomorrow, they're coming back to do their last shift. Um, and I'd also say another partner of ours it, tangentially has been the San Francisco Giants um, and um, Supervisor Yi and uh, maybe Olivia has been the one primarily spearheading this, but we've managed to get our crossing guards to uh, one game a year as a way of saying thanks. So that's the program in a nutshell. It's been a very positive experience for our, our school. Our parents are thrilled. Um, they're kind of in disbelief watching this. And I, as I mentioned, um, when we started the program, one of the first impacts was to see how well grown-ups behaved when they knew that the kids were watching how they drove. So they hung up their cell phones and they paid attention. And uh, that's really key. It was the reverse effect. It's not adults making kids behave well. It was the kids watching the adults that helped them behave responsibly. So, thanks. Thank you, Principal John from Commodore Solar again. Really appreciate you coming out, Principal John. I mean, I know this is the end of the school year. For you to come out on, on the day before the last day, Jesus, thanks. <laughs> well, uh, moving on with the Safety Patrol program, one of the other fun things that this program um, affords for our students is the a special education event. 
And this is what we last year kicked off. We had a, an event called the LA Street Smarts of Children's Hospital. It's a huge event that we have uh, at our school auditorium at Lakeshore last year in, I think it was March last year. And it's two parts. One part is called Richie's Neighborhood, and I'll show you a video of it, so it'll help you illustrate it. And Richie's Neighborhood is a simulated street stage, um, and it simulates a small city, and it demonstrates children how to learn how to walk on streets. Um, there's traffic lights. There's cars backing out of the garage. It's really wonderful. Um, it's all tiny. It's like a little city, and they can um, you know, learn how to walk safely to school. And then the other one is <clears throat> Ace's Adventure. And this one's a great video game that's afforded to stu uh, well, students and children at elementary level and specifically designed to teach children um, safety on streets while they're walking to school and walking from school. Um, for instance, if there's approach by a stranger or um, something hazardous like that. Okay. So I'd like to play a video if it's all right with you folks. And I got the video clip here. turning to extreme measures to prevent pedestrian accidents and deaths. Cronford Tech reporter Gabe Slate shows us new technology they're testing out on kids. The police chief, the fire chief, politicians, media, were all on hand for a special press conference about street safety in San Francisco. It was held at an elementary school, which was good because after talking to these kids, I realized it's scary being an adult crossing the street in San Francisco. I can't even imagine what it's like for kids living in the city. Scary. You don't know really what's going to happen. Maybe there's going to be a car going past you that's speeding and not looking where it's going. So we're here to hopefully save lives and, and reduce injuries. Learning's supposed to be fun, and this is fun. You know, whatever goes into our little ones when they're young goes into the hard drive. So if this is going to keep kids safer, it's all good. So here's what they're doing. They paid a ton of money to have L.A. Street Smarts <laughs> drive up from L.A. Money. to our Lakeshore Elementary yeah. School. L.A. Street Smarts has been running a street safety program in Los Angeles that's getting national attention. They take a school's gymnasium and transform it into an interactive simulated street crossing scenario. There's a car backing out of that garage and the driver may not see you. Complete with cars backing out of garages with kids and dogs running into the streets. So we all agree that the first thing you do is what? After the kids go through the course, they have them play a video game that subtly teaches them street safety. Remember to look left, right, and left again for cars. Dr. Dudson is a trauma surgeon at San Francisco General Hospital. She developed the game. It's a fun game. It's got music. It's got great characters. And they're engaged in gameplay. Supervisor Norman Yee hopes to raise the money and interest to get our own street smarts set and video game program that will stay here for our kids and to have it available to our 72 elementary schools in San Francisco. Gabe Slate, Cron 4 News. So that's the, uh, one of the new media coverages that we had when we were doing the, the Street Smarts program at Lakeshore Elementary. It was a great day, four-day event. We invited bunch of schools within that same area to come and visit and get an educational experience on street smarts, uh, how to cross the street and play the video game. Um, it was a wonderful event. I wish that we had it um, every year. Um, 
<clears throat> without further ado, I'm going to I'm going to speed up the PowerPoint presentation and go to the ongoing outreach that we're doing at each schools. Right now, we have nine schools joining the three existing schools that began last year for a total of 12 schools to schedule in and fully participate in a next year, 2015-2016 school year. They are Alamo, Daniel Webster, Sunset, Ortega, Argonne, Sutro, Cleveland, Lafayette, Uloa, Commodore Slope, Lakeshore, Alice Fongu. And right next to the schools, you'll see a number in parentheses. What that number represents is the student population. Ideally, what we want to do is we want to target the 5,200 students and teach them traffic safety and road safety. Okay. Uh, I also have a video of what we have an idea. I, six minutes long. Is that enough time? Um, do you want that one? What are we showing? It's a six-minute-long video of the Richie's neighborhood. I think I think it'd be okay. This is only item. Is it okay? Um. I just want, I, I, my only question is, is there a lot of people for public comment? I don't think so. No. Okay. Okay, I'll play. Hello, I'm George Decay, actor and spokesperson for the LA Street Smarts Project at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. The LA Street Smarts Project teaches elementary school age children pedestrian safety by recreating the real world experience of a child walking to and from school. Now let's take a walk through Richie's neighborhood. And you get to an intersection, what's the first thing you do? To cross the street. You stop, that's the best thing. Every time you get to an intersection or a corner, I want you to stop and I want you to look. Stop and look. Now when you get to an intersection, you get to the intersection, what do you do here if you wanna cross the street? You press the button, so how about you press the button? Did you push it? Now it says go, all right, walk across. My name is Jeff Upperman. I'm the director of trauma at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. The goal of the LA Street Smarts Riches Neighborhood is to provide an educational project that will focus in on pedestrian safety. And the purpose is really to get five to seven-year-olds out and involved in this interactive set that will force them to think about those safety implements that are necessary to provide safe walking around and about school. The LA Street Smarts Richie's Neighborhood set was designed with Children's Hospital's Trauma Prevention Program in collaboration with local Hollywood talent. What they decided to do was take our vision and really put the bricks on the table. This set is, uh, combines the LA set design that we know very much from our LA Hollywood production studios, but it also has a smart interactive electrical design that allows sensors and lights to blink similar to our local neighborhoods. When kids step out onto this street, they hear warning bells. And interestingly enough, they hear warning bells not only in warnings that come in English, also in Spanish. And so when it beeps off and goes off, those kids know in a language that they're most comfortable with where to stop, where to walk, where to look. Fabulous job, you guys. Wonderful. I'm Councilman Richard Alicorn from the 7th Council District of the City of Los Angeles. And it's my pleasure to work with Children's Hospital to help establish Richie's Community, which is a program to reduce trauma for our young people by educating them about pedestrian safety. My son was killed in a car accident in 1987. As the father of a three-year-old who passed away, you're driven to try and create a memory, a legacy. So Children's Hospital being the primary 
a giver of, of pediatric trauma care services in the region. They came up with this creative idea to educate young people uh, by creating a little pedestrian experiment. You can see the excitement in their eyes. It's, it's very innovative, creative, uh, and most importantly, it's, it's an effective educational tool. It is unique. It is one of a kind. There is no other safety set like it in the country. And if we couldn't create it here in Hollywood, who could? So with the work of Katie Byron, our designer of the set, we were able to create LA Street Smarts. In partnership with the University of California San Francisco Injury Prevention Center, we used their video game, Ace's Adventures, as a model to create the set. One of the interesting implements and the unique features of the LA Street Smarts Richie's Neighborhood installment is that it has an interactive sort of web 2.0 video game that's associated with it and be able to practice this in a very competitive but virtual environment. You hear the children laughing in the background. Well, when they're leaving here, they're just as excited to get home. Sometimes they don't always pay attention to stop signs, moving cars, barking animals, easily distracted. Well, this set is really an effort to keep them focused and really help them with some safety hints that will keep them safe in the street. Bottom line is, we want kids to not walk across the street when a ball goes into the street. We want them to be careful when they're passing um, a garage uh, because they might not be aware that a car might be coming out. We want them to know what to do. And, uh, these sound like very simple things, and you'd think that every parent teaches their kids these things, but we cannot assume that our kids are learning. So uh, this exhibit will educate our young people. This is the first step in ending that war against kids hit by cars around schools and in their neighborhoods. We want to keep kids out of hospitals. And this is an effort to prevent undue tragedy and injury for those children around Los Angeles County. Child hit a car versus pedestrian. Crashes are illegal cause of injury and death across the nation in an L.A. county. It's about uh, expanding Richie's legacy uh, and saving lives. There you go. High five for everybody. Come on, give me five. Mm. The streets of our neighborhood should be safe places for children to walk. But many kids face traffic dangers just because they're walking to school or to the park. The L.A. Street Smarts Project, Richie's Neighborhood, teaches valuable lessons that can save the lives of many children who walk and cross the streets of Los Angeles. The Injury Prevention Program at Children's Hospital Los Angeles is committed to reducing the number of child pedestrian injuries in Los Angeles County and can make the set available for events at local schools, parks, and community events. All children who participate in this learning environment are provided with injury prevention educational materials to take home that reinforce the safety concepts and lessons covered during this interactive, one-of-a-kind educational experience. Thank you for your time. If you're interested in more information on L.A. Street Smart's Richie's Neighborhood, contact Children's Hospital Los Angeles at www.chla.org/la. Just the last thing that we're going to wrap up is just to talk about the funding and the money. So, um, as you heard in the TV um, segment, that Norman Yee got a lot of money, um, <laughs> cost a ton of money. Um, but how much does it cost? You know, we, when when Norman presented to me, he loaded some money. I loaded he 
sent some money over to the school district, which we loaded into account, and then we had to figure out, okay, so how do we actually do this? And that was my part of it. Um, we, um, our initial thought was to go with existing staff. So you're like, who are these people? We're not, the difference between our crossing guards and MTA is the SFMTA crossing guards are employees of the city of San Francisco. Our crossing guards are paras or noontime monitors that are being paid extended hours after school, okay? To, um, so they're getting that extended hourly rate. Um, and generally, we're estimating that that annual rate um, for 10 months of operation of a school year is about $14,000 per school. Um, that's an estimate of what, we, what we've spent. Um, you notice that, that um, the um, LA Street Smarts program, we did uh, pay for them to come up here from LA and to set it up at Lakeshore and to do that. Uh, Norman's proposal was to have one built ourselves. Um, we're gonna build one up here. We're gonna have, I don't know, maybe Soda can build one, right? Because it costs $12,000 to move that up here um, to drive it into the city. So I just wanted to say that also has been an expense. But other than that, um, those are, the, those are the, the money behind some of the um, expenditures. And I just wanted to end on that part of it. But it has been kind of ambiguous because we've been starting at one school and then we've added um, Lakeshore and Alice Fong Yu and the staff participating in the program that might have one adult after school, two adults after school, four adults after school. You know, eventually when we kind of work the kinks out, we'll come up with the actual parameters. We had some glitches with, you know, noontime monitors are not paid very much, but paras at their extended hour rate. So we had people out there getting different pays and that was something we had to settle on. So, you know, you run into, you, you start in then you run into these problems that we've fixed along the way. So um, that actually concludes our presentation. Um, I really want to extend my thank you to Sal and to the SAC for, um, for their leadership in stepping up and also to uh, Principal Greg John and SFPD for being great partners. Um, Chief Sir, right the moment I called him at the very beginning and Norman had already reached out to them, they're 100% behind the program. So it's been a great partnership. And we had a couple student comments that we're going to speak as part of public comment, I think. Hello, my name is Cyrus Kwan. I'm a student at Galileo High School. Um, I just would like to talk about the importance of education of elementary school students on traffic safety. Injuries of automobile accidents is a very real and very present danger. We cannot change the way people drive, but the least we can do is make sure youth practice as much caution as possible when crossing the streets. Keep in mind, parents do not always educate their students about traffic safety. Skills are carried over to middle school when they get taught in elementary school, they carry it to middle school, high school, even daily life. Basically, what I'm trying to get to is I can still remember when I was being taught by my teachers and my parents about traffic safety. This is a very important thing that everyone should learn and everyone should practice as much caution as possible. Through education of, um, of all this tra traffic safety, Richie Street, um, LA Street Smarts, everything we can do to educate these elementary school students, we are trying to create a culture of safety for our students to even just cross the street, try to make it as safe as possible in a very dangerous environment. Thank you. Jessica? Hi again, my name is Jessica Ang and I am a student at Lowell High School. During this past school
school year, I've witnessed the implementation of this crossing guard program at Lakeshore Elementary School. This is because my school is uh, primarily close to Lowell High School, so that was a really cool uh, part of this year to see that being implemented. Um, and as an elementary school student at Alamo Elementary School, uh, we had a similar program to this crossing, safe, crossing guard safety program, and I want to kind of share some of the insight that I've learned with this program. Uh, as uh, I was being mentored by other students uh, on the safety protocols of crossing the street, um, I was impacted greatly with my own safety. Uh, these mentors taught me how to be vigilant at every crosswalk and look out for myself when crossing at a major intersection. Um, some of the rules were like look left, look right, look left again, and then cross. Some other ones were never use your phone when you're crossing the street, uh, never look down when you're crossing. Um, these are very important even now today. <laughs> um, uh, these lessons have been instilled within me for a while now, and as a result, I have gained a good, pe good pedestrian habits. After going through this program and then having the chance to mentor other students at my school in this program, uh, I have high, I highly support the intentions behind the SAC's program uh, for the crossing guard safety. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, good afternoon. Um, my name is Liam Thirty Acre, and I'm from Mission High School. What school are you from, Liam? Uh, Mission High School. I just wanted to say it again. <laughs> just want to make sure people heard. Go for it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mr. Trick. Um, so, as a youth leader in the curriculum committee, uh, we order equipment, set up appointments, facilitate programs, and uh, check out school sites for the crossing guard program. And uh, Pedestrian safety is extremely important to me and my peers because uh, learning uh, because learning pedestrian safety benefits the entire community, especially because a lot of students actually walk and take you know, Muni to school. Uh, learning pedestrian safety benefits students by teaching them teamwork, leadership, and safety awareness. Our schools benefit because it uh, gives them the opportunity to promote character building, uh, traffic safety awareness, and yeah. So uh, these skills are, like Cyrus said, and uh, like Cyrus said, these skills will carry on throughout their school year and the rest of their lives. And uh, pedestrian safety is a crucial les lesson to teach students at a young age because it benefits everyone to have a safe environment. Thank you for taking uh, the time to listen to me. So are we done? Oh, thank you. Um, Commissioner Fuhrer? Thank you, Supervisor Yee. So, Supervisor Yee, I just really want to say thank you for giving this gift to our schools and to our, for our students and for our whole community. I think um, I had an opportunity to come out and watch it in action at Lakeshore, and I was completely impressed. And not only do I think it's a leadership um, program for our students, but actually the way the students act even tell parents have a good day after they take their um, their child from the car and escort them to the yard is such a pleasant thing, I think, to, way to start your day. Having had three children in this district, that drop-off and pick-up thing, pick thing is just horrible. It's horrendous at most of our schools. This is very timely, too, where San Francisco's um, residency has 
uh, grown by 10,000 new residents every year, that we're seeing an increase in traffic too. So this increase in traffic awareness on pedestrian, safe, in pedestrian safety, I think, is really important. Another thing that I noticed at around the school sites is the increased visibility about students walking to and from school because of the vest in front of the, the cones and everything set up. Then I think drivers also uh, are much more aware that students are crossing. And even though we have done things such as the yellow crosswalks, but it gives much more visibility to drivers because there's students actually standing there with their vest. Um, and then I just want, I had one question is, well, I think, well, I also just want to say that as a parent, I um, know how it is when um, there's a drop-off and a pickup and very narrow streets and that parents also triple park sometimes or drop their kids off on the opposite side of the street and tell the kids to run over across. across. And actually at the school site and even as a PTA president, I had very little... I, if I, I went out there a couple of times and asked parents, and they were very hostile and threatening. And so I feel like school staff, when I spoke to them, they also said that some parents could be very threatening and hostile and very mad. And so I think it's great that SFPD is there because as having had a hus have a husband who is a retired solo motorcyclist, I think the power of um, press hard three copies is a really good deterrent for them to be listening, actually. Uh, because it's hard for school sites on their own to regulate this sort of traffic flow because um, sometimes people get very irate. Um, and then I'm just I'm asking, is there a collaboration between other city departments in evaluating how safe some of our intersections are to and from school? With this increased traffic and increased residency in San Francisco, while we're doing these assessments, is there a way to look at certain intersections that maybe have not been noticed or earmarked for being um, much more higher trafficked or um, having much more, I mean, during these times, um, you know, drop off and pick off times that it requires maybe a stoplight instead of just um, a stop sign or, you know, a regular arterial. So I'm wondering, is there a coordination with that? Are we, um, are, is there some way to track sort of um, with SFPD too that certain intersections, as you mentioned in SOMA, where we have a lot of increased traffic there and also more kids walking to school and crossing intersections there. Um, are we coordinating at all with the folks that actually do the evaluations about what type of arterial should be at our intersections? Um, I will try to answer as best I can, but usually, usually departments, uh, in this case uh, SF MTA, they might be answering this question um, and we didn't necessarily ask them to come to this particular hearing. Sure. Um, but as a supervisor and, and Supervisor Kim, um, both of us are very um, involved with Vision Zero, um, and both of, both of us are very involved with our own districts in terms of uh, working with the community and identifying these type of uh, these arterials or these streets, intersections, and so forth okay. um, to see what we can work on and prioritize it. Um, the sometimes the city will have their plan, the bigger plan especially under Vision Zero, mm -hmm. um, that will hit certain uh, streets that basically uh, have the highest incidence of uh, accidents. 
I think six percent of our our streets uh, are, are where sixty percent of the accidents occur. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that um, we sh should ignore the smaller streets. And that's where the community really can give a lot of input. Saying, by the way, I know um, that uh, maybe n n uh, no one has been killed here yet. But look, look what's happening every day. Right. right. At some point, you know, that's going to happen. So we do ask for these things. Um, it's a little slow, but um, I think it's improved quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I, for instance, in District 7, we have 12, 12 um, projects that probably wouldn't have happened. Um, and they're, they're not completed yet, but they're, they're starting because of the participatory budgeting uh, process that I'm using right. to allow for the community to identify these issues. So um, I don't know if Supervisor Kim uh, would have any other comments about that, but that's where we're at. Thank you, Supervisor Yee. Um, I am particularly thinking in the area of Supervisor Kim's district, even though she doesn't have a lot of schools, but the areas where we t typically didn't have a lot of traffic before, but now we're, we have so much development going on that there is an increased traffic. So the, I know when I had spoken to MTA, they had said, well, if so many people get killed or hit at the intersection, but we're trying to be preventive versus reactive, right? So I just thought if we're doing an analysis, I mean, we're doing this, looking at traffic safety around schools, that maybe we can be more proactive in giving some recommendations saying, wait a minute, a stop sign is not doing it here any longer. I think we're going to need actually a stop light. So I think, Supervisor Kim, in your area, you've seen an increase in development. And is anything going on around those school sites to increase the safety um, in the, at those really busy intersections now? Yeah. Thanks. It, um, I, if I can answer the question, we're actually doing a study with SFMTA um, that is already um, largely funded, although we're looking for augmented funded for um, a traffic study around Bessie Carmichael Elementary and Middle School. And so we are looking at um, what types of um, interventions and protections we can do in that area because the speeds are very um, high there, um, given that it is an on-ramp and off-ramp for the 101 and 80 freeway. And they come racing down 7th Street um, and, of course, down Harrison Street as well. Um, we're looking at um, some pedestrian safety improvements on Sherman Alley, um, for example. But we're also looking to see what we can do on Folsom and 7th. Um, a couple of suggestions that we're also exploring. Um, we've seen that in other cities that they've actually even painted um, the crosswalks. Um, with um, colorful drawings. And so even thinking about painting families and kids to remind drivers that they're in a residential neighborhood. Um, also, um, shortly in a couple of months, we'll be launching a pedestrian safety um, banner um, just um, throughout the south of Market um, that will have signs showing pictures of actually our youth and our seniors um, saying that we live here to please slow down. Um, and we're hoping that that will also create greater awareness amongst drivers that are coming through the city that may not realize that these are mixed-use um, res residential neighborhoods. We're also trying to figure out how to create more visual cues around Bessie because I don't think a lot of drivers realize that that is a public elementary school. And so there's a lot of work that we're doing there. Um, we know Tenderloin Elementary School has also been doing some work to slow down the traffic on Turk Street and Van Ness. Um, we've not moved um, as far along in that area, but it is very challenging 
um, improving pedestrian safety in neighborhoods that aren't more residential. And that's something that we've been working a lot with SFMTA on, and we look forward to continuing to work with the school district. But the Bessie community is very involved, the parents, the community-based organizations, as well as the principal. Um, Commissioner Mendoza. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to thank everyone also for all of this great work. Um, Supervisor, you when you first brought this to our attention and we launched it at uh, Lakeshore, it was just really cool to see Richie's neighborhood and, and the work that um, goes into developing this this whole program. Um, I just had a, I also just wanted to recognize the youth leaders. I think the idea that you guys are thinking about this and finding ways to help us implement really matters. Um, and, and I hope you stick to this even once you graduate. Um, I wanted to know how other schools can participate. I, I know as you're kind of growing the program, um, and, and finding additional resources. How, I, I actually had mentioned it to a parent today, and they're like, oh, my God, you know, we would love this at Peabody. How do we find out? Um, but I'm wondering how, how other schools are going to can find out and how they can participate. And then I'm also curious how you're working with Vision Zero and the folks at MTA and, uh, and the connection that that has, because this is really critical to that piece of work as well, and I think that's another opportunity to find ways to raise some dollars for this. Thank you. Okay, and I'll give a quick answer to the first question, and maybe Sal can uh, expand on it, but I actually went to um, the elementary school principals' meetings um, a few months ago, and there was one way where I outreached, because all the, all the elementary school principals were there, in, in three sections. So I went to all three sections to just mention the program. And um, fortunately, in each section, we had already three schools that were participating. Each section had one of the principals, so they spoke up about it. And from that discussion, uh, 24 schools were interested. Uh, and South been following up with uh, the schools, and that's how we're sort of rolling it out. But I, I think there's probably other mechanisms. I talk to, you know, when I meet PTA folks, for instance, sometimes the motivation could come from them rather than the principals. It's a combination. you got to have all the ingredients um, to, to really have some participation. Michelle, do you, is, do you have any? Thank you, Supervisor. The easiest way to get enrolled in the program is to call me directly or email me directly. That'd be the easiest way. Um, I welcome any opportunity. Obviously, there's a fiscal issue to be concerned. Um, I can't over-enroll um, schools if I can't sufficiently fund the, uh, the staff and order the equipment and whatever needs to be done. Um, as the supervisor mentioned, we had an opportunity to meet with the principals uh, meeting. <clears throat> and uh, we introduced a program there, and a lot of principals showed interest. Um, given the budget that we're um, working with, we estimated about 12 schools should be uh, sufficiently safe to um, endorse and enroll. And so um, if a school does um, drop out, we would have another slot open, and it's almost on a first-come, first-served basis at the time being. But to be realistic, if this pilot program um, expands, we'll be able to fund most of the schools, at least that's the goal for the Student Advisory Council representatives, because um, safety is key. Excellent. Thank you. Um, so the, the, um, the other question that you have, <clears throat> may, uh, 
Yeah, can I just, can I make this other comment before you answer that one real quick? Just because I just thought about something else. So the other thing that um, you might want to consider is with the, you know, the mayor's office is working with Supervisor Farrell on the shared schoolyards um, project. And we now have 25 schools across the school district and we're going to be um, expanding on that at, uh, soon. But there, there's opportunities there where the schools can can tap into $2,500 um, to host an event on the weekend on their on their schoolyard. So as you're starting to develop the curriculum for this or any other kind of workshop or safety mechanism that can get displayed on a schoolyard, um, that you can take advantage of those of those resources and you know so the schools that are participating they should just be reminded that they have access to those dollars that can help to promote um, this initiative right. and then on the on the um, vision zero yeah I, I was just going to say that um, first of all safe routes to school mm -hmm. is another mechanism where um, safety is talked about and it's part of the vision zero yep. efforts and uh, since it's under the same department, there, there should be communication. Um, they were a little surprised when when we first wrote out the program, this program, and uh, some of the people that's uh, connected them said, "What is this?" And I said, "Well, it's under you know under the school district, and um, you know maybe this should be some discussion internally." But Vision Zero, um, we have our education component. Uh, in which I've several times I have urged and um, made sure that they knew we you know, the whole committee would know about uh, the effort that we're making that it's all connected about connected to education and so and back and forth. So there's there's discussions around this. Mm -hmm. um, it's not necessarily included as one of their their uh, highlighted um, um, strategies, but it's certainly in in the discussion. Yeah, and the district just adopted a support mechanism for right. Vision Zero. So I hope mm -hmm. that that you know, Sal, you and Ben have connected and are are having discussions around that because this really feeds right into um, you know your intentions. Uh, Commissioner Wins. thank everybody but and particularly my colleagues because actually I just want to do a follow-up on two of the things that particularly Commissioner Fewer talked about so my kids actually went to Lakeshore and I was um, this touches two of the things that you brought up the the habit of having people parking on the other side of the street it's not it's just really obvious there and um, and then having their kids run across the street we've had kids hit by cars there years ago even when my kids were there and right on the corner of Middlefield and Lake Merced Boulevard, which actually is the entrance and exit into that neighborhood from the big traffic street, Lake Merced Boulevard, um, there used to be just a stop sign. And actually, when my first, my kids first went there, where now there's a light, there was no nothing there, not even a stop sign. And actually, um, the at that time when we tried to get a light there they actually said, well, we can't put a light anywhere unless somebody gets killed. So we said, oh, we're going to wait for an elementary school kid to get killed, then we'll get a light. I don't think anybody did, but there were actually some pedestrian accidents at that intersection. So I'm kind of interested in, and I want to uh, remind all of us that I think it was at our last meeting or recently we discussed um, the municipal railway services and how we had finally, after decades, been able to 
um, the, get the Muni to, ch to change their afternoon schedules so that there were more frequent buses for kids going home and not, and, and in fact that had always been a point of contention with older people, particularly riding buses in the afternoon, that the buses just became flooded with students coming home from school. So I think my point is that um, a lot of, clearly from everything we've heard today, this is a really important thing to do. Pedestrian safety becomes more and more important to us as the city is more congested. And also, frankly, I think, remember that we have drawn down our school transportation, our school bus system so much that we have a lot more kids walking and taking the public transportation system and we need to worry about their safety on the streets much more. So it seems to me that what we need, what we need kind of the policymakers is to have an overview, a coordinated look at all the things in this case that are looking at pedestrian safety near schools. I noticed that, uh, and then the second thing is that the discussion about the schools in District 6 and the schools that are in highly congested urbanized areas um, are not on this list. And um, those are the hardest places to do these things. And so, you know, for me, the, the question that comes up is, well, what are the actual MTA crossing guards, you know, what other things are going on there and how could a program like this or other things that we could do to enhance pedestrian safety around our elementary schools in particular, but all of our schools come to mind. We all should remember that recently we had, when, when we heard about the student who was an APTA student that was killed by a bus, recently, I thought, and my kids went there too, and I thought, oh my God, it was on Ocean Avenue because we always thought, everybody thought, that's a death trap, somebody's going to get killed there. And always um, there were school district uh, administrators and teachers and lots of staff people going down there all the time because it's really a hard place for kids to get on and off of the streetcar line there. And it that isn't true. It actually happened to a kid on the way to Aptos, but it wasn't in the Aptos neighborhood. So I appreciate that. And I think there, I know that the staff spends a lot of time trying to manage that, that particular place. But I'm using this just as an example because around, and Galileo and Mission, <laughs> these schools are on major, uh, not only public transportation corridors, but also streets with high levels of traffic. So I realize from this discussion, which I truly appreciate this program, uh, and I appreciated um, Superintendent John's referral to the big high traffic streets that actually surround his campus, but have these little streets at the back that are used for access, because I just realized that we have to I'd like to see more of a kind of coordinated somebody's report looking at, and, I'm, and I mean multi-agency with the MTA and the Municipal Railway and us and everybody looking at all the things we do to try to ensure pedestrian traffic. And by the way, also Safe Routes to School was mentioned, and we're, we'd like to get more kids to bike to school. So though the need for paying attention to investing in human resources and other resources to address safety around our schools it be becomes much more important than it used to be. And in fact, uh, I'll just end by saying again, I'm certainly aware that in part this problem is a bigger problem because we're not sending kids on yellow buses so much anymore. So uh, what, whatever, you know, I would like to 
somebody, the staff or others, to come back to us with some idea about how we can have a coordinated look at all the things that are going on around safety, around schools, around street safety, pedestrian and egress and access to those places because it's a big dish issue. And I appreciate that we're doing these things about it, but I know there's a lot more we could do. Thank you. Uh, Supervisor Kim? Actually, I, I realize that there's still a member of the public that wanted to speak. So I, I'll, I'll go after Okay, um, so there's somebody here, Gerald, Gerald uh, Escazaga. Um, hi, good evening, uh, members of the board and commissioners. I'm Gerald Escarciga, I'm Wakasaf's Family and Schools Program Coordinator. Um, through uh, Walk San Francisco and the San Francisco Safe House School Partnership, I work to make our streets in San Francisco safer and more walkable. Uh, I think it's great that you, this program is engaging students, that it's a fostering mentorship and teamwork. Um, I also think it's great that there's research on where the program can and can't be feasible, like that was mentioned about SOMA. Um, I think it's really great that this program exists, but I also know that there's also um, very limited funded funding when it comes to schools. Um, I think it's really important that um, we, we are maybe working with the Safe House School Partnership to discuss these issues. Uh, I think it'd be great if we aligned our existing efforts with the Crossing Guard program. Um, one of the areas that we focus on at this, the partnership is to make sure that the perimeter of the school is safe. Um, I think if we're putting kids out there, I think we need to make sure that that, that immediate environment is actually safe. Uh, another thing that as, as a San Francisco Safe Rosa School Partnership, oh, and th for those of you that don't know, the San Francisco Safe Rosa School Partnership is a coalition of agencies, city departments, um, including SFUSD, the MTA, who collectively work on reducing single-family vehicle trips to school and promoting um, walking, bicycling, and because of the, the transportation assignment policy, uh, transit and carpooling. Um, but because of that, one thing that we noticed just from safety drop-off zones, I noticed that that was the treatment for um, areas where it was, sorry, where it was really dangerous. Um, when a safety drop-off zone is established, it actually seems to promote driving. So I think that that's kind of the discussion that would be great to have if you, you know, if we were, um, members of the partnership. Thank you. Thank you. Any other public comments on, on this item? Seeing none, then public, public comment is closed. Um, Supervisor Kim. Thank you. I, first of all, Supervisor Yu, I just want to thank you for calling this item. It was actually really interesting to hear um, in depth, not just um, from the school district, but also SFPD, our students, um, and our principal in terms of how, um, what the impact of this program has been. Um, I, I actually think it's so important to educate our students on pedestrian safety that it is a big part of us achieving Vision Zero, Zero Traffic traf Fatalities. Um, not only is it important for our young people to understand um, how to make our streets safer, both as a pedestrian and as a driver. Um, but these students are our future adult residents. They are our future drivers. And so instilling that culture early on, um, I think, is incredibly important. And um, I just want to note also, you know, in many ways, kids really help push um, their parents um, to do the right thing, whether it's around recycling and the environment. There's some great articles about how, how young Young children are actually pushing their parents to be better environmental stewards based on what they learn um, in school or to be better about health and soda and eating, um, all components of what I think SFUC has been very successful um, at educating. So having this pedestrian safety component I think will be a big part of that. And I'm really excited that Commissioner Fewer has also introduced a Vision Zero um, resolution that the school district is absolutely a part of making sure that we hit zero traffic fatalities in 10 years. 
The final thing that I will just say is that I think a big component of us hitting Vision Zero is, of course, everyone slowing down, whether it is um, drivers, um, cyclists, and pedestrians. And I hope that this can be a big component of the education push. Um, we're never going to get to zero if everyone doesn't slow down on our streets and recognize that there are just too many, um, too many shared modes and also too many people for us to um, sacrifice time, um, I, or sorry, sacrifice humans or injuries um, in face of time. We can all be five or ten minutes later um, because it's going to make our streets safer. But I think this is a good component. And one thing I should mention, I know that um, the list of schools uh, that we talk about um, is for the the student crossing guards, but Bessie does have adult crossing guards at 7th and Folsom, and they did apply for the middle school as well. It would be better, of course, to have our young people engaged, but we do have adult crossing guards at a number of our different schools. Okay. Um, first of all, I, w I really want to thank um, the uh, uh, Sal and, and uh, Associate uh, Superintendent uh, Kevin Truitt for coming out and also to bring bringing the um, the uh, SAC members who are actively participating, and it was really really enjoyable to hear, hear how passionate they they were they are about this program. And, and, and I would say, you know, because of Sal and, and Kevin, um, uh, it wasn't my thought, but certainly what's happened is that we're, we've, it, the program itself has evolved into different layers of leadership uh, c coming about. It's not just the student, students that are doing the crossing guard. It's not just the parents that are uh, also uh, involved. But now I'm seeing that the high school kids are also uh, learning and giving at the same time. I, again, I want to uh, thank uh, uh, Principal John for being here. I, I, you know, for especially on the day before school stops, um, and I really appreciate the uh, the uh, sergeants that are here, Para and uh, Mary, um, and your other officer. Um, the and I really want to, you know. Um, Say that I appreciate uh, Chief Sir, who just jumped on this and said um, he was fully supportive when he didn't have to say anything about this, and um, his commitment has been ongoing. So I, I, I want to say that one of the purpose of this uh, hearing was to look at what we've, we're doing, what we hope to do, and um, uh, I would say that um, now that we th there's a feeling that this this program might be taking off. There's two, th uh, the question I have, um, and it doesn't have to be answered today, but some things that we need to think about is our capacity, whether um, it's, it's uh, the, in administration with Sal, uh, how, many, how many can you really handle uh, uh, in terms of time, um, and it's also the SFPD in terms of their commitment as, as we roll out more and more. Um, I, it's not just them going to um, train the students themselves, but they, I've seen them go there and stay there for a few days and make sure that the students are, are going to be safe because um, the habits of um, some of the drivers, um, whether they're the parents that are dropping off or other drivers just driving through, um, have, have been in that saw at, at uh, Conmutter Slope where the habits were really awful. And... Um, and just only took two tickets from police officers 
the first morning, and it almost turned overnight. People just started telling other people, you know, better calm down over here. Um, maybe you would hope that their their habits will not only calm down at that, that intersection, but throughout. Um, so we need to figure out also, to me, you know, um, uh, ongoing funding for this. I'm committed to having the city contribute as much as possible. I'm hoping the school district could also um, uh, contribute at some future point so that we could see this as an ongoing program, not just pilot for a few years and it disappears like many other good things that we do in, in, in the city. The, the Richie's um, neighborhood, um, I'm still com very committed to find the funding to get a bill for San Francisco. I think the, the, the things that children can learn from it it's just tremendous. I mean, when I saw them actually doing it, it's one thing to just look at uh, a news clip or, or for someone to talk about it, but when you're there, when the kids are there, and see the excitement and how they're, you know, sort of absorbing everything, it's just amazing. And uh, and you, when you, once you build it, it's, there's going to be ongoing costs for staffing, but it's built, and it could be used year after year after year. And um, it would take several years just to get to every every elementary school, um, and then by the time it recycle again, you're you're back to new kids. So um, I'm hoping that um, I, what I'd like to do is continue this item because uh, I'd like to bring it back at some uh, in the future to look at and make sure that we have these some solutions to the uh, the budget issues. Um, I also realize that maybe. Um, as we continue this item, that we maybe want to expand the the um, uh, the item itself, um, because I'm hearing a lot of questions around it, in which you know uh, we didn't invite uh, SFMTA to be here and other departments, and they could could have given probably maybe stronger answers than than ourselves. So, um, to the call of the chair, I would like to continue the item. So we have a motion to continue this item to the call of the chair. Um, I think that we can do that without opposition. Okay. Um, Mr. Clerk, are there any other announcements? There are no more items, Madam Chair. Thank you. So um, that being said, thank you to everyone for being here. Meeting adjourned.